0: Thank you. And I will say this morning, if I hawk up along while I'm praying, just give me grace. Literally this morning, I was like, I'm not sure I can do this. I was dying this morning. Um, So lastly, or secondarily, we uh, so we've talked recently just about we want to be a church that invests into all of our students, so basically from all of our children, basically from birth all the way up through 18, rising in student ministry. And we're passionate about it. We believe in this next generation. And, and so one of those, obviously, is the village. If you've been around the village this summer, you know that our team with Ginger, Char, and Joy, they've just been killing it, right? If you have, yeah, If you have kids, you know. Like just the energy and the investment that they've been making it has been profound, just pouring into your kids, meeting together and vision shaping. It's really been profound to watch what they're doing. And, and the fruit of that, there's lots of lots of fruit that occur, but one of the fruit of that investment has been we've seen growth, right? So getting past our COVID years, right, 2021, something to 2022. What we've seen is we've really gotten to a place in our ministry where we've kind of got, we've gotten solidified again with our leaders and with our students. And we've seen a growth in our, and growth in our, in our, in our children who are coming on Sunday morning, which is the primary place that we, we see the growth and the movement in our children's lives. And so it's been great because we've seen an increase. I don't know, it's probably, we're up to like 50 over 50 to over 50 to 50 to over 50 students or kids who are coming into our children's ministry, which is really powerful and profound for a ministry and a church our size. We celebrate that, right? We get behind that. And, and with that, it's, de- it's demanded they be vision shaping. And so one of the primary pieces that they're, they're doing, and I'm sharing this on behalf of Ginger, she'll so probably send more out about it later, but it's been really exciting because they've got a new strategy for children's ministry uh, as they are um, and trying to hope and hoping to empower you as parents to disciple your children. So starting in September, Kids ages three all the way through fifth grade will be taught the same Bible lesson, the same big idea, but obviously doing it in age appropriate ways. The reason is now when your kids come home, there's been one primary message they've both been hearing from age three all the way up. And when you sit around your table, our hope is that you would sit down and say, Hey, talk about the things that God's been speaking about in yours in your class in the village right and so in that our hope is that we just literally we're just here to fan a flame of your discipleship that's really the way it should work in homes it's not our primary job to disciple your children it's your primary job to disciple your children. We're just trying to set you up for success. So we're really excited about that, really excited about this new vision and this new strategy. We're going to be taking all these groups and moving to a – they're going to be moving into large group worship and teaching now for our preschool again, trying to prepare them for elementary school. The idea is we have fresh vision and ideas and things that we're going after. Now, with all of this growth – Right comes the ebb and flow of ministries. Now, the ebb and flow of ministry is not any different than the ebb and flow of what we're finding in businesses today. Is that you step into a Starbucks or you step into a restaurant, and there's usually some sort of sign saying, "Hey." Give us grace because we don't have enough people who are working here. Please be nice to us, right? In the villages to the exact same place. We've gotten to a place with some people who were stepping out for personal reasons, for family reasons, people who were moving, and we now have opportunities and we would say needs for people to fill in and volunteer on Sunday morning. Now, everybody do me a favor. Don't tune me out because I said volunteer in children's ministry, right? I have people say, well, that's not my thing anymore. Right. That's for the younger people. That's for whoever. And everybody makes an excuse about who this is for. And I would look and say, I don't think that's what God would have us do this morning. What I would think God would do this morning is say, hey, you are in my hand and I want you to listen. And so this morning what I'm asking is this. We need nine volunteers every Sunday morning who are investing into our kids. Beyond those nine volunteers, we are looking for extra buddies to come alongside with some of our special needs children. It's a unique thing we have at Vintage is that we have really found a niche, uh, being able to engage and invest into some of our special needs children, and we love them. We want them to be part of our ministry, but they require a little bit extra love and attention on Sunday morning, people who can just come alongside and say, "I." will take this person I will be with them I will help them if I see them start to spiral in any form or fashion I will pull them away I will love them I will distract them and encourage them we need buddies to come alongside and just to love an extra level of fashion on our special needs kids and so with that this morning what we have is this we have a need for three about three more volunteers every Sunday morning And what we have right now is people who are serving once a month, some people who are twice a month, I think some who are three and some who serve every week. And we love all of those. But you recognize and you understand math. If Cam and I just serve once a month, that leaves, right, that leaves two other weeks. So basically it requires of no one serving. So it's really not just – it's three volunteers every week, and if we have people doing once a month, well, that means there's more people that need to volunteer. All I'm getting at is this. I need every single person in here to say, Jesus, would you have me go back? and serve in the children's ministry, to disciple our children, to invest into our children. Listen, you can talk to the Ed Paines of the world, right? Man, this guy who is just back there in his 80s loving Jesus and loving on kids, and they love him. Listen, and, and if Ed were in, in, in here, I'd say this, but I'll say, I don't think he's in here. But if, if, But if Ed can do it, then anyone in the room can do it. And I mean that in the most loving way. Like if an 83-year-old man can get in there and love on kids and serve kids, then any single, per, every single person in this room can do that. Does it have to be a calling, Steve? No. The calling is super. Not, you don't have to have a calling to children's ministry. You have to have a call to discipleship. Guess who has that? Every single one of us. Right? And so I am imploring you, would you make children's ministry a primary place that you give your your time and your energy and pray and say, God, what would you have? Listen, don't say, do you want me to say, God, what would you have me do for our children's ministry? Is that fair? I hope that's not, if you don't feel like I'm twisting your arm, guilting you in anything, that's not my, I'm just saying, it's a vital piece of who we are. We want our kids to be discipled. We believe that revival is going to be birthed out of these young people and we would love for you to invest into them so you get to be part of that with them. Okay. So after church today, Ginger will be sitting outside. She would love to connect with you, talk with you about different ways of volunteering to answer questions, to talk through some of your concerns or your fears, or to talk about timelines, whatever it may be. So after service today, if you can just grab her, you can talk to her out there, and you can introduce yourself to Rachel and just have this whole like student and children thing happening. It'd be super great this morning. And you get connected. Okay. This morning we are going to dive back into the series that we're on on god speaks learning to hear his voice so let me kind of give you a heads up for this week next week and the following week okay just kind of giving you a heads up so this week we're talking about hearing god's voice for the church and specifically focusing on the four gifts we see uh the gifts of god's spirit we see in 1 corinthians 12 we're going to talk about one of them the gift of prophecy this morning and what that looks like in the body of christ Next week, we're going to talk about some real practicals of that, just like some practical pieces, things that you can give yourself to. And then the third and three, and not so, in two more Sundays from here, whatever date that is. Sorry, my brain's not working very well. Um, We are going to take time, and you're going to get to share. We're going to have like a sharing story time on Sunday morning. I'm not going to preach. We're going to have the microphone down here. We're going to let you line up, and people are going to share about what God's been speaking, how God's been moving, and just telling the story of God's movement in your life and the life of others and the life of the church that you've gotten to be a part of. So it's going to be story time with vintage and hopefully as you share and as you speak, we will be encouraged, we will be challenged and we will draw closer to Jesus because of what God has to speak through you. So everybody get ready. Now listen, I'm not looking for sermons. I'm looking for two to three minutes saying this is what God is speaking. This is what God's been doing. Here's how I shared the gospel with somebody that gave their lives to Jesus, whatever it may be. We'll talk about it next week, the practicals of taking time to listen to God's voice and then speak it to other people for the purpose of salvation. Okay? So that's gonna be our that's gonna be our plan for the next couple of weeks. Now this morning our foundation of hearing God's voice is super simple. It's not on the screen, but Remembering this, hear this, because you have a relationship with Jesus, he loves communicating to you, right? Communication is the key to every healthy relationship. We're not there, Josh, you can take off the screen for me, right? But this beautiful piece, right, that God wants to speak because he's in relationship with you. That every single one of us have relationship with him. He longs to speak. He longs to, like a sheep hearing the shepherd, he longs for us to listen. He longs to speak. He longs for us to listen, to follow, to walk with him, to be loved by him. We said last week he speaks to us for ourselves. He speaks to us for others. And this week he speaks to us on behalf of the church. God longs to speak. And he's speaking today. We're going to talk about some of that. And then the second piece, and we'll say it every week in some form or f- fashion, but Scripture is the primary way that he speaks, and it's the boundary of everything he will tell you. If there's something that you hear in an internal impression, right, or an audible voice even that's contrary to Scripture, guess what? It's not Jesus, right? If you hear something that's contrary to the character of God, then it's not Jesus, right? Scripture teaches us about the character of who Jesus is, of how he relates to us. He is a God of love, right? He is a God of peace. He's a God of joy. He's a God of justice. He is jealous over the ones that he loves, but he's always kind. He's caring and compassionate. Jesus, listen, Jesus is never in a hurry. So if you ever hear a voice that's telling you, now, now, do something now. It's not Jesus because he's just never in a hurry, right? He's just always flowing. He's always moving. And so in this, right? Jesus is speaking, but it's always in the context of scripture and the character of who he is. Why do I say this? Because if you don't read scripture, then you'll go off into left field. And we don't want that when we hear God's voice. Read scripture every day. Read it for the purpose of understanding Jesus. Knowing who He is. The character of God, right? So He speaks because He loves us. He's in relationship with us. And scripture is the primary way He speaks and it's the boundary for us. Now, when speaking about hearing God's voice, again, we said last week, it was hearing God's voice for ourselves and for others around us. We told a couple of stories. Again, this morning when we're talking about hearing God's voice for the church. Now, We said when they said God will speak to us, remember this, God will speak to us by any means he chooses and at any time he wants to speak. So if you've ever read through the Bible and you've seen moments where God speaks, that's just a fraction of the way that he can speak. Why? Because he can speak however he wants to. Right, And so we live in a world where Jesus is speaking at all times. I'll tell you for me, one of the primary ways I found God speaking over the last 10 years is literally while I'm sleeping. I will wake up and I will have whole thought processes of conversations that I've quote unquote I guess been having with Jesus in my sleep and didn't realize it. And I will wake up having clarity of direction of things that I've been praying into and whole phrases and conversation pieces that I'm shocked by. Right? Like, that's so weird, but I guess he can do whatever he wants to. And so in that he speaks however he wants to, whenever he wants to, we focused our attention last week on the internal audible voice of God, or what we call internal impressions. Now you can put it on the screen for me, Josh. It's defined this way. An idea or feeling about something. An idea or feeling about something or someone, especially one formed without conscious thought on the basis of little evidence. Let's look at the definition Read it for yourself, those who are like visual learners. Get it in you. Like, you remember when you gave your life to Jesus and someone shared the gospel with you? but it was just words on the outside. So all of a sudden something on the inside just clicked in the conviction. You knew it was God and you were willing to sacrifice everything in your life to follow Jesus and forego your own desires for the rest of your life, to follow some God you had never actually seen or heard his voice. That doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. But you had such internal Audible voice and conviction of truth that you are willing to give everything for it. That's how God speaks, and he's speaking like that today. Internal impressions, internal audible voice. We ended service last week by taking the note cards and having you pray into and ask God for specific words, maybe of encouragement or prophetic words, whatever it may be, for our interns who are here or for our graduating seniors. And there were lots of cards that were passed on this week. It was so cool talking to some of them and, and hearing how they were encouraged by it or literally how... Someone like this, literally someone said, oh my gosh, literally this person gave me this, like, I mean, I'll put on Mark Niswander, Mark Niswander gave a word to somebody. And literally, as they grabbed the whole note card, the mom looked at it and said, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I was praying over them and said last week to my kid, right? It was so powerful, this confirmation, words of confirmation and how God moves and speaks into the moment. Listen, I'll just say this super practically. Life goes a lot better It's a lot more enjoyable when I give concerted time to enjoying God's presence, listening to Him, and following Him. My life is a lot more enjoyable. When I listen to God and I see Monty over here and I say, Monty, the Lord wants me to tell you this because he loves you. And Monty, because he's just so emotional, he just weeps in my presence. No, I'm just kidding, right? Just thinking, oh, Monty is my golf buddy right, and friend. But it's like he's, but you know, I'm getting at, when I speak into someone's life and I'm like, how did you know that? That person, what, how, how do they feel in that moment? They feel so loved by God. They feel so encouraged, right? I love when someone speaks a word over me and it literally confirms exactly what I would written in my notes that week. How could they have known that apart from this internal audible voice, right? This, not, this feeling, an idea of something, especially one formed without conscious thought of anything going on. They just knew. This morning we want to shift our focus in all of this hearing God's voice. To hearing God's voice for the church. In the church, there are specific gifts of the Holy Spirit that we associate with hearing God's voice that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, before I dive into those, I will just say this. They're all unique but similar. Right, They're all unique but similar. There's a similar component to all of them. So learning about one causes you to learn about all of them because they all are about hearing God's voice and then speaking something or knowing something. You have the gift of prophecy, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, and the gift of discernment or the discerning of spirits. Each of these gifts, they were utilized by Jesus while on earth. And they were practiced and utilized by the followers of Jesus. And you see them all expressed in the Acts of the Apostle. Again, each of them overlap a bit. And the idea of these gifts is to empower the church to make a difference and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus, right? The gifts were given not to glorify self and to not make much of one person, but to ultimately edify and to grow and to build up the body and the believers who were part of it. It's super simple. I want to hear God for Barrett because I love Barrett and God loves Barrett. I want to hear god for vintage Why? so that god can make me great in the eyes of vintage and you all of a sudden put me on a pedestal and think that i'm awesome because my prophetic gift is so strong no so that the body can be built up and i can glorify jesus in humility and thank him for using me there's something so powerful when god speaks so for the sake of conversation conversation here are the gifts, and I'm going to kind of just read definitions for you. I'm not going to go through all of them deeply. I could tell, but I'm not going to tell stories about every single one of them. We'll just kind of go through. So first is the gift of prophecy. Is that on the screen for me. Thank you. The gift of prophecy. You can write these scriptures down, Romans 2, 6, 1 Corinthians 12, 10, and 28 through 29, and Ephesians 4, verse 11, just speaking about this gift. This gift is the ability to publicly or privately proclaim God's word such that people are convicted, consoled, encouraged, challenged, or strengthened. And so in that gift, a lot of times preaching is seen as a prophetic gift. You're taking the truth of God and you're proclaiming it to others. But another angle of prophecy, and this is one people think about a lot, involves knowing and speaking God's mind intuitively. That's just internal impressions, right? I'm listening to God. I feel like he speaks to me on behalf of myself, someone, or the church. Uh, right, so knowing and speaking God's mind intuitively rather than as with the teacher, deductively coming from Scripture alone, right? So the teacher comes and speaks truth, and a prophet prophetic voice comes and just knows something intuitively, internal audible voice. So you see this moment of sitting with Jesus, listening to him and proclaiming what's been spoken. Gift of wisdom. First Corinthians twelve eight just mentions this gift. This gift is the ability to gain insights. To gain insight on how knowledge may best be applied to specific needs in the body of Christ. This involves applying biblical truths every day in situations. Here it is. It also involves special insight into that great, into the great depth and implications of how God is working in the world, especially to further the gospel. So I'm sitting there. I have a problem, right? And I pray and ask God for wisdom on how to solve something and to apply knowledge, right? Keep on going. And these are super quick. You can take the next one, gift of knowledge. Having insight into situations, circumstances of people's lives that are not gained through the natural mind in which the Spirit discloses truth beyond our personal abilities. Never forget, I've told you a story of praying for a girl one time. Her name was Caroline. It was really crazy. I actually ran into her on the plane three months ago. We talked about this moment I'm about the share. I looked there and said, Hey, do you remember when we did that prophetic conference at Wesley back in Orlando? And you got put in the chair, and I looked at you and said, Hey, I feel like when you were three, something dramatic happened with your family. I feel like, as I'm praying, I feel like your dad left you and abandoned you. Is his name John? I didn't know her. And she starts weeping. Starts weeping. I'm not making much of me, right? This is not like an everyday occurrence. I wish it was. And I'm sitting there going, are you serious? I got it right? Praise God. This is crazy, right? I looked at her and said, I want you to know God is speaking in the next year. Next one year, God's going to restore your relationship to your dad. You're going to know him as if if the past didn't exist, and you will get past the trauma with him and have a very close relationship. That was super dangerous, right? Super dangerous. I'm like, what if I was wrong? I saw her 10 months later in an event with Asbury Seminary because she was in school there. And she saw me from across the room and booked it awkwardly over. You know what I mean. That person, "Ah," right? You're like, "Ah, hey, you know, whatever it is. And she just grabbed hold of me again, almost inappropriately, but it was led by God's spirit. She said, everything you said happened. I, my dad and I, he literally called me one month later and apologized for everything. We got into counseling together. We, it's like nothing ever. Listen, I, it was, I mean, he's still messed up, but I love him and our relationship, blah, 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 this kind of stuff. And we did the Jesus dance right there, word of knowledge. Do you think she felt loved by Jesus? Right? Or to get the knowledge. <clears throat> that was one story. So get the discerning of spirits. Have you ever been with somebody and you just know that what they're like this, they're just not right? Have you ever been, you ever been to church somewhere and someone starts talking about something? You're like, yeah, oh, red flag, right? Red flag. I have. But some of y'all, I'm just kidding. Now, play <laughs> a play. Totally play totally play. The gift of discernment, discerning of spirits. I don't know about you, but like the, here get the ability to know something is from god a demonic source or if it simply a, reflects human opinion i will say i've had moments here at vintage when someone comes up to me and gives me a, i like got a prophetic word and they get done and i just pat him on the back and i said that's totally from you sorry good try right i'll say it lovingly say it with encouragement that's that's from you that, that was your own rejection speaking. That was your own insecurity speaking. That was your own religiosity speaking. That wasn't from Jesus. I've also had people speak, so have you, that when they speak, you're like, oh, the angels just moved and said something because you can. you just know without knowing. Anybody ever had that happen to you? Put your hands up in the air because I want everybody to say you're not. Put them up high because it's a sign that you're listening to Jesus and we celebrate that, right? You're not great. He's He's great in you. So these are all these gifts. What does it require? This intuitive listening to God's voice and then walking into it, right, and obeying it. Listen, I can share all sorts of stories. I'll refrain for time's sake. But each of these, each of these gifts, are dictated by with the, dictated by the boundaries of scripture. It's why you have to read everything you're going to hear and was going to speak is inside the bounds of scripture, right? It each and each involve intuitively knowing something inside that's revealed by God's Spirit. What I call internal impressions, right? And with that in mind, I want then to specifically look at the gift of prophecy this morning, what it is and its purpose in the body. Because what we learn about this gift will then pour over into the other three because all of them require a humility on your part to listen to god to surrender to him make much of jesus and will make yourself decrease right and so in this i want to read to you a very familiar scripture from first corinthians chapter 14 verses one through five as we get there let's take a water break thank you jesus number one verse first pursue love this is after 12 and 13 where he's spoken all about all the gifts of the spirit chapter 13 <coughs> you know it it's the love chapter he comes in and says this is the best way verse 1 therefore pursue love and earnestly desire all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's what it means in Greek, especially that you may prophesy, hear God's voice and speak for one who speaks in a tongue, speaks not to men, but to God for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their building up and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, edifies himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Hear that, but even more, to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater, not better than, but greater at building up the body than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, right, so that the church may be built up. So let's go through all this real quick basics of prophecy basics of prophecy number one go then there you go basics of prophecy simply define wayne grudem says this and i love this this is my good reform brother he says prophecy is this sharing something that god has spontaneously brought to mind i just love that i just love that right I love how he just simplifies it. He says, guys, don't overthink this. It literally is just God in relationship communicating something to you, right? He spontaneously brings to mind, and he for you, for others, or for, some, for, for yourself, for someone else, or for the church, right? The idea is that God does speak to his children today. But here's the point I want to get at for my friends who come from more traditional church backgrounds, who, who really question how God speaks in the gift of prophecy today. When we talk about the gift of prophecy today, and it's recognizing that the Old Testament understanding of prophecy is different than the New Testament. Prophets in the Old Testament spoke with an authority, right, that could not be questioned as they were the ones who were speaking directly for God. Those prophets, if they were wrong in the Old Testament, they suffered punishment of stoning as this call they had on their life from God. was severe and powerful. In the New Testament, these are actually called apostles. They're called apostles. So you know the apostles. What did they write? They wrote the Gospels, right? They were the ones who were with God. They had this authority that nobody else had. They were like the Old Testament prophets. And so we talk about prophets today in the New Testament. We don't see the same type of authority in those who were considered prophets. An example of this is in Acts 21. Verses 10 and 11, in which Agabus, who was a prophet, says this. That's not on the screen, so I apologize. But it simply says this. You can look at it yourself, write it down. It says, thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem, I should have put it on the screen, I apologize. Thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So Agabus, he is exercising a gift of prophecy. He's heard from the Holy Spirit in internal oppression, specifically that Paul is going to have his belt used to bind him up, right, to bind him up and take him away. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. Again, Agabus, a spontaneous word. Paul was taken. Paul was bound by his own belt, as Agabus said. However, we are told in verse thirty three, chapter twenty one, and then in chapter nineteen of verse twenty two that it wasn't the Jews who bound him up, as the Agabus the prophet had stated, it was actually the Romans. So the Old Testament is one of the authority have had been stoned because he missed it. But here in the New Testament, right, he got most of it right. He just missed who it was who was binding him up, showing that New prophets in the New Testament don't come by the same weight that we had in the Old Testament. right? There's this piece of being able to miss it without getting stoned. Someone say, praise God, right? Praise God. So in this, that's why we also see second prophecies to be tested, prophecies to be tested. It's a huge difference from the Old Testament where the prophet spoke, what the prophet spoke was authoritative. It could not be questioned. However, now we are told in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-21, go write this down and read it for yourself. We are told in 1 Corinthians 14, just later on this chapter we've been reading, 29-38, through that when a person hears the voice of God and speaks it, other prophets, especially in the body of Christ, other prophets and leaders are to test what has been spoken to ensure that it's from Jesus. This never would have happened to Isaiah, Elijah, Jeremiah, Nathan, and Ezekiel, in and this name, any other minor prophets too. Right, just wouldn't have happened. They had an authority to them. The New Testament prophets just don't have. We don't have that. We have big P versus little P, prophets. We're not apostles. We're people like who hear God's voice. And then we are to take that and share it with our friends to make sure it's from the Lord. Like, here's the deal. Everybody just, take a, everybody just decompress all of your tension around the gift of prophecy in the church and the tension that people create around it, maybe because they've even like bad history with it. And just recognize if you had a horrible experience and a person made much of themselves and it caused confusion, it wasn't from Jesus or God, whatever phrase you want to use. So what you should say is rather than throwing the baby out the bathwater is, well, how do we redeem perfect biblical understanding and New Testament prophecy where God wants to speak to me because he loves me, because we communicate, because we have a relationship together, and he loves to use me to speak to other people. Like, Shannon and Mike, if I had a word for you, if I I heard from the Lord this morning something that was beautiful and powerful, even challenging, would you want to hear it? Right? Because you know that I love you and because Jesus loves you, and it would produce life in you. That's what we're getting at. So here's the deal. All of God's gifts are still present. All of God's gifts are still present. You should eagerly desire them. You should eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, right? The gift of prophecy. God is speaking. We need to listen. Listen, this is the third piece. God is speaking. We need to listen. We need to speak what he shares. It's 11-02. I'll just say this. I'm going to tell a quick story this morning about this. I want you to hear this. I wish I could give you details. I can in probably three years. I can't today. But I had a buddy of mine. He was, he was speaking to a leader in a church, and he. This is probably like over the summer of last year, and he said to him, "I, I was praying for this morning. Hear this, and I want you to. And I, and I, and I hesitate to share this because it's a little bit overwhelming. But the Lord has said there's going to be seven people who are going to leave staff and leave leadership before November. Six are going to resign, and one is going to leave in a way that I don't know about, but I just know he's going to leave, or this person's going to leave." I hate to share that with you, right? So November comes, and by the time November hit, six staff members had left the church, and the seventh had died very unexpectedly. You know what? The leader came back and said he had two things. He goes, number one, God, it meant so, It was so encouraging to me that, to know that God has spoken in advance to let me know this moment was coming to prepare my heart and to prepare my mind In preparation for this difficult moment of my friend stepping away. But second, he goes, but I also live in confidence because there are three more people who I know are considering leaving. And because this word was true up through November, I know that they're not going to leave. And it fills me with confidence. Those three didn't leave. Powerful moment, right? Hearing God's voice, he speaks. Acts 2, Peter comes in his great prophetic moment after he's been filled with God's spirit. And he tells the church and reminds them of the prophecy of Joel. It shall come to pass afterwards. Afterwards, this means after Jesus' resurrection and the Holy Spirit comes. So after, and it shall come to pass after the Holy Spirit comes. I will pour out my spirit, excuse me, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They will be in relationship with God. He will communicate with them. They will hear what he has to say, and they will speak it. When did this prophecy of Joel end? When did it end? It hasn't. Because there are still sons and daughters who are being born, and he is still speaking to them. So the expectation you should have as parents is that your children can spend time with God at no matter what age it is. They can hear his voice and walk with him from an early age. Hearing God's voice and walking in it is not something you do in your 50s after retirement when you have time to spend time with him. It is right now. Why? Because you're in a relationship with him today. And he wants to speak because he loves you, right? Second thing, heart posture, heart posture towards hearing God. You see it in verse 1. It's just super simple, super simple. Go to the next, this verse 1. Pursue love, earnestly desire gifts, and especially desire prophecy. Pursue love. Why? Because love puts you in a posture of humility, Love puts you in a posture of humility before God. God, I love you more than I love myself. God, I'm going to love my neighbor as I love myself. I'm not going to make much of me. I'm going to make much of Jesus. I'm going to make much of my friends. I love listening to God for other people. I then love speaking it and watching God's love overwhelm them as if he is just reaching through me to give them a big bear hug. Or to challenge them. But even when he challenges them with conviction, it's just his way of squeezing hell out of them. Right? It's his way of expressing love. Earnestly desire the gifts. I have so many friends in different theological circles in mine who say, well, I mean, theologically, I believe in the gifts. Great. Are you pursuing them with zealous passion? Earnestly, zealously with great passion desire all of the gifts go read the list and desire all of them here's a quick caveat about the gifts you may have one you primarily function in but guess when god gives you gifts when you need them so if you needed to get to administration because you were administratively challenged, like I am, then when you get into that moment and your wife is not there to be your brain for you, ask God for the gift of administration to move in that moment because you need the power of his spirit. And on down the list of the gifts. People say, well, I can't teach. Well, he can move through you, right? Well, I don't prophesy. I then pray and ask God to give you the gift of that. They're just wrapped up presents. He's saying, hey, I have gifts for you of my spirit. And when I came to get it, when I came into you, I brought them with me. Would you just open them? I can't wait for you to open them. Right? Super exciting. Especially desire prophecy. Why? Because it's point three. Point three is listen to build up the church. Verse 12, listen to build up the church. And then this is my last point, and Then we're done. Verse 12 says, since you were eager for manifestation to the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit, the expression of God's Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. I'm going to challenge you just real quick. Jesus is less concerned about your personal salvation, your personal calling, and your personal movement. He's less. He cares less about that than he does about the whole of the body of Christ, church first, individual second. It's just how it works. It's just how it works. Since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Saying, "Listen, you know 1 Corinthians. Those of you who read it, they." argued at the very beginning and wrestled about who was the greatest who was known who was the most visible and paul says i don't care about any of that all i care about is the building up of the body of christ listen to prepare a holy bride for the second coming of a loving god I most care about getting the body right. I care less about you as an individual. because God not care about me? Of course he does. It's absolutely a both and, but he's most concerned about building up the body. Let's look at some of these verses, verse 2 and 3 of chapter 14. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him. So if I were to start speaking even German right now, fluently ninety nine point nine percent if you would not understand me would not edify you right it may encourage me it may edify me that's the idea with the gift of tongues right for no one understands it but he utters mysteries in the spirit on the other hand the one who prophesies speaking the native tongue of those who are sitting in the room right speaks to people for their building up and encouragement and consolation the idea is tongues is great but prophecy is greater. Why is it better than no? It's just greater because it builds the body up. It builds the whole body of verse four. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I sat up here this morning and I just began to speak what I felt like God was speaking in in the moment about God seeking to strongly support you and specifically tear down lies of rejection. And we began to pray in that moment, right? It was God expressing his love. It built the body up. It built the church. Tongues is great, but it edifies the person speaking, which is really good. But God cares less about that and more about building the church. I would just say a takeaway this morning is, am I devoted more to my personal salvation and my personal growth, more into the salvation of the church and the movement of God in it? What do you give more attention and focus to? It's a challenge. I'm just stating Paul. You can throw stones at him if it makes you mad. Verse 5. Now I want all of you to speak in tongues. Amen. But even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Not better than, not more love, just greater in the, because it's building up the body, not the individual. Unless someone interprets, because what happens when you interpret? Then all of a sudden God's voice comes out, an intelligible voice that everyone can hear. It's just super practical. Don't ever think it, right? Don't ever think it. The focus of Paul's conversation revolves on building up the church and makes that our priority in this conversation You're hearing God's voice for the building up the church. The idea is simple. The gifts in general and the gift of prophecy specifically and all the ones of hearing God's voices have a goal of building up the church as a whole. That's why he calls the one who prophesies greater. It's as simple as that. So in this, in this, all the gifts are equally important. But hearing God's voice and then proclaiming it, whether it's. Prophecy, whether it's word of not, you can see how all they're similar, right? They're all similar. Don't don't overthink them. Don't try to separate them too much. It's not super helpful. Gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge. All these, you're hearing God, intuitively hearing internal audible voice, in the bounds of scripture for the sake of God-loving people. Y'all, I don't know about you, but I want that here. Can someone say amen rather than shake your head? Amen. We want that here. I want God to speak. I want to have our elders, as in those who were spiritual elders in our church, to be able to receive words that people are sending and to pray through those, to, to, to ask God, where are you in this? I would love for God to throw out the flesh in it and throw out the demonic and keep the spirit. Listen, I had a, I'm mean, a god, I could tell so many stories, I'm not going to. I'll just say this one story. Like, I'll never forget, I had someone share a word with me. and It was so funny, y'all. There were all three parts in it. They spoke what they heard, and it was straight from the Lord. And then they tried to interpret it, and it was in their flesh. And then they got to a point over here where the enemy all of a sudden used it and was trying to sow division. Three in one, right? Three in one. You know what? I'm like, praise God. I looked this look and said, "Hey, this first part of it straight from the Lord. That's the part I'm holding on to. Thanks so much for listening to God's voice. This other part is not from Jesus. Thank you. Super simple, right? And then some of those, then some of those lead to conversations around. Hey, why is that happening? And what is this descent? What is this peace, right? And we have to walk through that to grow and to and to grow and to mature in that. So my point is, all right, we're done. Who's leading worship for me in ministry time? Come up. Thank you. There they are. There they. Go. Now. As we come into this place, next week we're going to talk about some of these pieces. We're going to, um, I'm, I'm going to ask the Lord if we can take some time. And this week I'm going to be listening to the Lord's voice, maybe some specific things for people in the room super super scary but super encouraging i will say if there are things as you're praying this week that god has for specific people then just shoot me an email super simple steve at vintage 242.com and i will just say hey as we were praying this someone's praying this week they have this word for you whatever it may be or maybe for the church as a whole we're just going to practice this it may be super messy we'll just figure it out you know mark nice wonders here to help me clean up my messes praise god I just want you to listen to the Lord. There's freedom in this. We're going to continue to continue to take time over the upcoming months to flesh out how this works in the body of Christ and do it in a life-giving way that encourages and builds up. But I want you to start here this morning. I want to invite you. I want to invite you just to sit before the Lord with us this morning or just this week and add something to your prayer time. Jesus. Here I am. God, would you speak to me on behalf of someone else so I can be the advocate through which you powerfully love them in humility? Amen. Or just say, God, speak to me for other people because you love them. Whatever you are going to say. Just add that to your mix this week. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes you don't hear because you're not tuned in trying to listen. I found that myself, like, oh my gosh, literally this morning I said, God, have you been speaking something over here, but I haven't clued in that it's there this morning, right? That's what you're going to find. Most of, about 99% of the time when you start listening, you go, oh, I've actually already heard something, I just didn't realize it was him. Whether it's around a relationship, a job, a hobby, a direction, a future, a truth about God's love for you, whatever it may be. So, Father, come and have your This morning, I pray that you would stir these gifts. We eagerly desire them in our midst. I pray, Father, you would lead, guide, and direct us. I thank you that you are a God who cleans up messes that we make. And so we just say, Jesus, this morning, come lead, guide, and direct us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Ministry teams will be available on both sides. We have communion available each week purpose of remembering who Jesus is, the power of the sacrifice and what it means. And as you take it, remember it is a lie. He is alive. and.